Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Thursday, August 12th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington bureau chief. And uh, Tom, it's very hot here uh, and record temperatures again in the northwest and kind of heat waves across the country. Well, Carl, there's another issue it's, that's cropped up now for the Biden administration, and it's the I word. Uh, during the Trump administration, that meant impeachment. During the Biden administration, the I word stands for inflation. I, I set and it up in- for you, Tom. I thought you were going to say, and, and inflation is heating up too, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, we had a report come out saying uh, yesterday that inflation, inflation was up, you know, highest in 13 years, 5.4%. Prices of things like gas and food and, uh, you know, all all sorts of things are higher than they've been. And Biden took to he gave a speech yesterday uh, talking about the three and a half trillion dollar budget blueprint that the Democrats are moving forward with in Congress. But started off by saying that it was a good report on inflation and that they were seeing some easing, Carl, which. You know, the Wall Street Journal turned around and cranked out an editorial saying Biden's got an inflation problem. Um, it was kind of an astonishing move on Biden's part. I know he wants to address inflation because that's one of the things that Joe Manchin immediately signaled that was one of his biggest concerns about moving forward with a three and a half trillion dollar spending plan on top of the spending that they've already passed. So uh, also, I will point out before I let you have your say, Carl, there was a Fox News poll that came out last night. 86% of people now say inflation is a big, major concern of theirs. It is right up there with COVID. It's right up there with crime. It is now uh, among the top issues on the minds of the American public. So what to make of all this and what can the administration do about it? And are the policies that they're going to be pursuing, Carl, with this $3.5 trillion budget, are they going to make matters worse, not better? Well, Tom, you know, economists differ on this. The the inflation has been something President Biden hasn't been terribly coherent about it. He's sort of acted as though a guy hopes this is not bad. But but the, the gasoline prices and some of the prices we've seen going up, what's disturbing about this is that big ticket big ticket items, um, cars, a scarcity of of computer chips. And you know, there's there's more there's more lines of code in a F Ford one fifty than in an F sixteen fighter these days. So you know you get a car, you're getting a motorized computer a shortage of chips led to a shortage of cars. Car prices are out of sight and they're scarce. Housing prices in some of these big cities and some of these Western places, Idaho, there've been stories about it in Montana, Colorado, all over the Sun Belt, Arizona, Washington state are increasing. And, you know, it, you start to think, okay, so what, is this the government's fault? Most of it's not the government's fault, but spending all this money and continuing to stem out, continuing to pay people not to work while running up the national debt just seems like an inflationary cycle. And normally, you know, presidents get blamed for inflation when they don't really have much to do with it. But in this case, the question for the president is, will the stimulus package that he's proposing, 3.5 trillion over 10 years, is that going to add to the debt, the deficit, and have inflationary pressure and add, and, and you know, all these minimum wage bills that the Democrats are pursuing, are they adding, are they increasing labor costs? All of these seems like an inflationary spiral and nobody wants to go there. I don't blame the president for not wanting to face it. I don't want to think about it myself. But the question well, is- but He was arguing yesterday, Carl, that this is unlike some of the previous spending that was passed 
in the last administration and at the beginning of this administration, this is not an emergency stimulus. This is a long-term investment. As you mentioned, over 10 years, you said the same thing about infrastructure and that these are going to represent, you know, tiny percentages of GDP over the course of those years. So he was really trying to, you know, downplay the idea that these are going to be, have that sort of stimulatory effect that would increase inflation. But as you mentioned, I mean, certainly there are a lot of Republicans, a lot of economists, um, and now even, you know, ordinary Americans that are kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. I, it feels like prices are going up all around us. And, you know, pouring more money on top uh, is only going to add fuel to the fire. Well, Tom, there's always two reasons for us. I mean, besides the politics of it, but for stimulus spending for the government to do, especially when it's infrastructure. The first is to jumpstart the jobs to, to get employment going. Um, what you have now, something I've never seen since I've been covering politics is millions of people unemployed and millions more people can't, you know, jobs that are gone unfilled. Uh, job, there's jobs out there, people won't take them. And so using the stimulus as a jobs program, using the, the, the infrastructure bill as a job stimulus program seems a little bit beside the point this time. But the other purpose is because those projects are needed. Um, you improve roads, bridges, dams, uh, you know, broadband, telecommunications, all these things. They not only put people to work with relatively good jobs, but they also help productivity. They help commerce. They have obvious effects that are positive on the economy. And so, you know, Joe Biden is not wrong about that. That's, that's money. That's spending only government can do. And there's widespread support for it. The question is, are the numbers right? And you saw yesterday some of the moderate Democrats in the House are starting to say, well, wait a minute, do we really want to spend this much? Because the the, the progressives in the House had, had warned the administration and Speaker Pelosi that they didn't want a bill that didn't wasn't big bill. Uh, and the question now is, is this too Three big? Three and a half trillion is their minimum. It's the floor. They're right. not going to take anything less than that. So that, that leads me to the next question, Carl, which is, you know, I know you were gloating earlier in the week when infrastructure passed with 19 Republicans that, you know, you mean pass the Senate, deliver your two bottles of wine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the way that Nancy Pelosi has gone about this, and as we just mentioned, the progressives are saying, look, the Democrats out there, we're going to wait for the Democrats to pass this budget through the Senate uh, before they move either one of those bills. And they're going to move them sort of together which is a sort of a high stakes gamble on Pelosi's part because she could end, this could end up blowing up in her face and she gets nothing, which means you get nothing, Cannon. No wine for you. It'll be wine for me. Well, okay, Tom. But if Nancy, the, the bet was two bottles of wine, one white and one red. And our listeners know that we're, we are wine snobs. So we're not talking about, you know, Manischewitz here. We're talking about real wine. But if Nancy Pelosi cost me one bottle, uh, Kevin McCarthy will cost me the other one because the House Republicans are starting to um, act like they're listening to Donald Trump, who is actively campaigning against the stimulus for for reasons that border on infrastructure, uh, excuse me, on the infrastructure for reasons, some of which we touched on and other reasons which border on the incoherent because he he's he doesn't seem to want this to pass because he's not there to sign it is how it comes across. Uh, he was for infrastructure back in the day. Yeah, he was infra he was for infrastructure before he was against it to use a, uh, an old construct. But, and I don't know how much McCarthy's going to listen to him. And I don't know exactly where the house Republicans are, but so you have a combination the, the liberals in the house are pressuring Pelosi not to give in at all. 
The moderates in the House are wondering if it's inflationary. And the House Republicans are wondering if they need to listen to their constituents or to former President Trump. It's a mess. Yeah, and I think you're, that's why I think your gloating earlier in the week was premature. I, I, like, did, I, I, did, I didn't gloat. I said it's now up to the House. Well, it still is. <laughs> Pelosi can only lose what three or four votes, and it's over. I just don't see how. Well, that's this if is going unless, to... well, unless you get some Republicans for it. I mean, there, look, there's plenty of stuff in there for districts that that help Republicans. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't assume that the Republicans are going to be monolithic in their vote either. All right. Well, <clears throat> we'll have to see how it plays out and who ends up winning this bet in the end. But we'll leave it there for right now. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder, president of RCP, and I'm Carl Cannon, Washington bureau chief. And this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Thursday, August 12, 2021. Join us tomorrow for our extended Friday podcast, which is audio only. Mm-hmm.